Welcome to Salem Alliance Church. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit us at salemalliance.org. This week's message is by Jennifer Roth. Hey, we have been in a series about superheroes, and we've heard some great messages over the last month, haven't we? We uh, heard about the Hulk and Batman and Spider-Man last week about with great strength comes great responsibility. And one of the things that I learned about myself in getting ready for this series is that I am extremely superhero illiterate. (laughs) And that there is an amazing superhero subculture that I knew nothing about. And so as we went through these meetings and we're meeting together as a preaching team and we're talking about who's talking about what, they kept saying, Jennifer, who's your superhero? And I'm like, I don't know. So these were some of my options. You know, we've got the Justice League here. And of course, there's the obvious Wonder Woman, but for obvious reasons, I chose not to do that. (laughs) There's Superman, could have had a great sermon on what's your kryptonite, but I didn't really, I wasn't feeling that vibe. And there's the guy in green. Okay, honestly, how many of you know who the guy in green is? Like seriously, hands. Okay, he apparently is the Green Lantern. I'm impressed with how many of you knew that. I had no clue. You almost had a sermon on the Green Lantern, but I'm like, how can I talk about a guy I'd never heard of before, you know, three months ago? So then as I'm wrestling with this and I'm talking with my family and I'm looking stuff up, my kids are like, Mom, you should talk about Larry Boy. (laughs) Right? He's a cucumber and he's got super suction ears. And you know, if you haven't raised small kids in the last 20 years, you have really missed out on VeggieTales. This is an amazing superhero right here. Some of the kids at Salem Alliance have been sending in and contributing superheroes. You've seen them maybe running before the service. If you're here before the service, here's one, the wild thing. Uh, If you look close, this guy is stocked with weapons. He's got spider sense and anything fire and anything flight and and he's got carbonite and I don't know what that is and the thing you need to know about this superhero is this is my son's superhero he created it I watch him draw it and this is our world he has a knife collection he is a weapons guy he is a warrior and I am praying that warrior in a godly direction The next one one of my very favorites is I got a chance to kind of look through most of them the tool spider The tool spider's hands turn into tools. The villain is destructo and the weakness, bee stings. I am down with this superhero. I have a weakness for bee stings. The last one I wanna show you is Purple Penny. Purple Penny shoots anything that is purple out of her hands because you know that purple is powerful, people. The villain is Orange Ollie and the weakness, chores. And this is my daughter's superhero. (laughs) I kid you not. She has lots of great strengths. I can affirm that chores are a weakness. We went round and round. I kid you not. I went round and round uh, deciding a superhero. And it was Sarah Burtz who said, have you thought about doing a team? And so we're going to talk this morning about the Fantastic Four. Sarah had to correct me several times that it's not the Fab Four, Jennifer. It's the Fantastic Four. 
Uh, so yeah, truly superheroes out of my element. So let me introduce you to them in case you are as new to all this as I am. The Fantastic Four consists of Mr. Fantastic, who as you can see, has a power of being able to stretch lots of different ways. Elasticity, rubber man, his name is Reed Richards. He's Mr. Fantastic. The next member of this team is the Invisible Woman, Susan Storm. Her superpowers are invisibility and an energy force field. Her brother Johnny Storm is the Human Torch. He can turn a flame on at will and when his flame is on, he can fly. I think if I had to choose a superpower, it might be that one, but there's a lot of good ones out there. I was hearing about teleporting before the service. That's a good one too. And then there's the thing, Ben Grimm, he's made of stone, he's been transformed and now he has strength and he's indestructible. So these four friends were hit with cosmic rays of radiation and now they have these superpowers and they're kind of stuck together. And like any family or team, uh, they fight. They have misunderstandings, they have jealousy and insecurity, they hold grudges, they blame each other, they're kind of a mess. And... Like any family or team, they laugh together and they work pretty well together. They protect each other. They care about each other. They're there for each other. And together, with all of their superpowers mixed, they save innocent people. They fly around the planet doing good deeds and they defeat enemies more powerful than themselves. So enemies who one-on-one -on -one they couldn't defeat together as a team, they're able to defeat that enemy. And you know, you and I are also part of super teams, aren't we? There are people in our world that we do life with that are our team, they're our people, and they are super teams. We are better when we are together. Here's my super team, my family. It's a thinly veiled disguise to get a picture of my family up in front of you. My son Josiah, my husband Jeff, my son Titus, who's the weapons guy, and my daughter Abigail, who loves purple but not chores. I love my team. I love this group of people. I am having so much fun with this season of life. And just like the Fantastic Four, do you know what? We fight. There's a lot of arguments that I hear. We see things differently. Sometimes we hold grudges or we blame each other, but we love each other and we care about each other and we do life well together. We have projects that we do together. I enjoy being with these people. This is a super team that I have. Another super team that I have that you have are our friends, the people in our life who are our sounding board when things are difficult, who are our place to go when we want to do something and get out. Our friends are people that we are better when we are together. For me, one of the key roles that my super team of friends does is this. In my head, when I am processing things that are hard, I am not very nice to myself. And there's this spiral that generally is a downward spiral. And when I can verbally process that with someone who cares about me and who will ask good questions and affirm the places that i am got straight thinking and challenge me on the places where my thinking has gone wonky, and I, we do better. It's a blessing. I process better. I'm healthier. They're healthier. We do life together. Our friendship, our places where we have people in our life are super teams. And another place where we have super teams are in our work world. I work with a great team of staff here and I get the privilege of working with a great team of volunteers. Women's ministry would not happen without a leadership team of women who volunteer and who work with me. And honestly, they make all the things happen that happen. There are super teams around this place. And you know, we also have superpowers. I know that might come as a surprise to you. None of us can turn a flame on. None of us can turn invisible and none of us can fly. However, 
In Romans and Ephesians and Corinthians and in Peter, the New Testament talks about something called spiritual gifts, a spiritual superpower. I'm going to be starting in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 on page, see if I've got the right one, 1,817 if you want to follow along in the Pew Bible. And we're going to talk about these superpowers, the power that the Holy Spirit gives his followers in order to do the work that he calls us to do. So starting in verse one of chapter 12. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your questions about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. I'm going to drop down to verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So you see, we do have superpowers. We have spiritual superpowers given to us by the Holy Spirit. Here's a description up on the screen. A spiritual gift is a new ability or divine empowerment of a natural ability given by the Holy Spirit to serve God and others. It's a new ability or a divine empowerment of a natural ability that's given by the Holy Spirit in order to serve God and others. Some people might ask, what's the distinction between a skill and a spiritual gift? And I would say that a spiritual gift is empowered by God. It's something that has a divine power to it that you and I could not do on our own. It brings joy. It is amazing. If you're around this place sometime when an event is getting set up and you watch the team setting up what they're doing, the joy that they have in doing the work that they've been given to do because they're functioning in their giftedness, the joy of someone who loves to decorate, who has a spiritual gift of hospitality, who enjoys setting up a place and a space that isn't just what you see, but an atmosphere to arrive into. And you watch that person as people arrive at the event and you can just see them settle into the sense of calm and beauty that has been set up for them. That's a spiritual gift. As a matter of fact, there's a long list of spiritual gifts. Uh, The third thing, it's empowered by God, it brings joy and it produces fruit. When we are functioning in the giftedness that God has given us, we watch eternal fruit happen. We watch things that we could never do in our own happen because God has empowered it and he brings the fruit. You know, sometimes people will ask me, Jennifer, what's your favorite thing about preaching? And I will say, I love it because I get a front row seat of what God is doing and I know it has nothing to do with me. Matter of fact, I am very deeply aware of my weakness, my failings, my sin, 
And when I get to come and allow God to speak and somebody comes afterwards and says, this was important to me or this made a difference or I get to see the fruit of what's happening, I recognize it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with him. And I realize that I have been functioning as a part of a super team with a spiritual superpower that has nothing to do with my skill set or my ability or even my desire. It's something that God chose to give. That's what a spiritual gift looks like. So we don't have time to talk about all of them, but if you take all the passages that talk about spiritual gifts, there's about 20 or so that are listed in the New Testament. And we've got a wordle up here, a word map that there's some repetition, but you can see some of them jump out. You might just take a look and read through that. Part of, part of knowing that God gives spiritual gifts is beginning to recognize what is our spiritual gift? It might be one that's like, this is really strong. It might be a handful that work together. It could change over time as there's different needs in your life. God might empower you for something different at a different season of life. Let's just look at a couple of these. Service, right there big across the middle. Somebody with the spiritual gift of service notices a need and takes care of it. Now, we are all servants. We will go somewhere, and if somebody asks me, hey, Jennifer, can you make the coffee? I'll make the coffee. But I don't necessarily notice that coffee needs to be made. There are people with the gift of service who just love to work behind the scenes and to make sure that everything is in place and is happening for those so that things can happen that need to happen. Or the gift of faith. These are the people that you've met that are just unflappable. As a matter of fact, they sometimes drive you crazy because you're like, why are you not worried about this? This is important. See, as, as Christ followers, we were called to a step of faith in believing him. And yet people with the spiritual gift of faith are those who just know, just know beyond a shadow of a doubt without even trying to work it up that God's going to come through. I served with a woman like this. She was in charge of the children's program for Hearts at Home. And week after week after week, she needed to have volunteers to staff all those rooms. And she would say, God's going to work it out. He always works it out. I remember a morning when she came and she said, five people, five teachers called in sick. And I'm like, and she's like, it'll work out. And I'm like, ah, five teachers called in sick. Who's going to take care of the kids? And she's like, it'll work out. And it does. Week after week after week. Maybe that week there were fewer kids who showed up. Or we've had people walk down the hall and say, God put you on my heart. Do you need a teacher today? God always takes care. And walking with someone who has the gift of faith increased my faith. The person with the gift of giving. I sat in a memorial service in this room one time where they had an open mic for sharing and person after person after person stood up and said, I had a financial need and he helped me out. I was going on a trip and I had a shortfall and he helped me out. I was going to college and I needed this and he helped me out. Over and over again, we were at a service for somebody with the spiritual gift of giving who noticed a need and who met the need and provided through generosity. And I could go on and on and on and on. The gift of teaching, the, the person who can make the word of God come alive to you and help you to understand things that you haven't understood before. These are gifts that God has given us so that we can bless the world and build up his kingdom and be a part of sharing his grace and truth with all people. And it's part of what makes us a super team. And yet just knowing that we have the gift or that he's given us a gift isn't enough. We need to know what ours is so that we can use it. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 12, starting in verse 6. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. 
If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We're not just to know that we've been given superpowers, but we're to know what they are in order to use them. You know, if, if you're a person and you're sitting here and you're going, I don't know that God has given me anything special. Can I just give you a couple tips? Ask yourself some questions. What are you passionate about? What do you love to do? What do others see in you? Or even what makes you mad? Bill Hybels calls this our holy discontent. God has allowed a discontentment to rise up because he has put something in you in order to meet the need that that discontentment represents, right? And so there are things that are our desires and sometimes we think, well, that's not right. For example, when I was younger and I knew, hmm, I'm skipping to the end of my sermon coming back. We'll see how this works out for us. <laughs> Let you inside my brain a little bit. When I was 18 years old, I had a teacher. I went back to my high school and I spoke at chapel. I had done a short-term mission trip. I went back. I spoke at high school. I had a teacher take my shoulders, look me in the eye and say, this is what you were created to do. This is what you were created to do. Somebody spoke into my life and said what she saw. We're never too young to recognize the gifts that God has given us. So we need to know our superpower. We need to be speaking into the lives of others, help them see what it is. There's a resource that we have here at Salem Alliance. It's the Spiritual Gifts Assessment. So it's an online kind of a quiz that um, can help you kind of see that, oh, yeah, I knew I did that thing, but I didn't really know it kind of lined up with a spiritual ability God had given me. And you can uh, make that connection at the website, salemalliance.org, resources, spiritual gifts. And uh, if you do that, Laurel will get in touch with you and just, if you want, and we'll just talk with you about, hey, uh, what, what'd you learn? Might wanna plug in around here, that kind of a thing. Because the point of spiritual gifts isn't just that you and I have a superpower, that we get to have a superpower. The point is that we are part of a super team. See, that's God's plan, the body of Christ, his team. My husband will say that to our kids, we need to use our strength to bless others. God has given us a strength for the purpose of blessing and serving others. Let's read on in 1 Corinthians 12, because what we find is in a body of Christ, sometimes these things get turned upside down. They get lopsided or leaning one way or the other, and they aren't necessarily functioning the way that God created them to function. And Paul is addressing this starting in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. We've got all of us with our spiritual superpowers, part of a super team. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? So what happens is we have people in the body of Christ and they're going, well, my gift isn't as big as their gift. My gift isn't as important. Yeah, I love to serve, but that's not as high on the scale as those who teach or those who lead worship or, or whatever you might have up on a pedestal. What's happening here is comparison. Comparison. 
And when we begin comparing parts of the body, we never win. Comparison never works because you either end up in pride or inferiority and insecurity. And so we need to stop comparing gifts. We need to stop leveling gifts and recognize that God gives gifts to all of us and they're all needed. What's raising its head at this time is our insecurity. And you know, those of you who've walked the road with disability could probably testify better than any of us that when any one part of the body isn't working the way God created it to work in a healthy function, there are certain things that just cannot be done the way that they're used to being done. They, you have to work around it or there's just something that you can't do. And so for the feet to say, well, I'm just at the bottom of the body and I'm usually covered with shoes and I'm not as important as the eyes, it doesn't make any sense at all because without feet, we could see an awful lot, but we couldn't go anywhere, we couldn't reach anyone. And so we've gotta stop being insecure and comparing and putting ourselves down and instead, we need to be walking in confident humility. We have the confidence that says, this is a spiritual superpower that God has given me. And we have the humility to say, it's neither more nor less than anybody else's gift. It's my contribution to the body of Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them in confident humility to serve one another. We read on in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 17, and it says, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? He's reinforcing that we need all the gifts that God gives. Having a church centered around one particular gift leaves that church vulnerable to error and to leaning out because we need each other to hold each other close to the word of God and, and into the center of what God created. See, these spiritual gifts each reflect a piece of who God is. And it's only when they're all together that we see God as a whole. And so when you take one gift and say, well, this makes up this local church, we're missing the full view of who God is when you take only one gift. We need all of the gifts together. And if you drop down to verse 21, it says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. So now what Paul's addressing is there were those with insecurity and there were those with pride. There were those who said, well, I don't need your gift because I've got this one and it's all, I should be, I should get more attention, I should get more money, I should get more, I'm more important. And he's saying, nope, the eye can't say that it doesn't need any other part of the body. The head can't say, I don't need the feet. The head can't get very far without feet. And so we need to be protecting against pride. There's no place for assigning levels of importance. I have a theory that over the centuries, this is a piece of how we've ended up with so much denominational division. That, that when you've taken the gift of, say you've got the gift of teaching and evangelism and, and you've said this is so important and it is, it absolutely is, and you've said this is the most important thing, staying true to God's word, staying true to what the Bible is saying, bringing God's word alive to people, this is where we need to be. And you've had other people with the gift of mercy and they're going social justice is where it's at. My heart bleeds for the poor and the wounded and the lonely and we need to be reaching out to those people. And you have other people who have gathered around the charismatic gift and they have said power is where it's at. 
We have a form of godliness, but we're denying its power and we need prophecy and we need healing and this is what we're gonna gather around and all these things are good things and they're godly things and they're biblical things, but when they are sectioned off into silos and if they are done so with the absence of the other gifts and the other people with other voices speaking into them, what happens is they begin to lean And so over here we might have somebody who knows the Bible like nobody's business but is doing nothing for the poor and the needy. Or you might have somebody doing everything for the poor and the needy but they're not really listening to or acknowledging the Holy Spirit. Or you might have somebody who's acknowledging the Holy Spirit and into the charismatic gifts but they aren't really in line with some biblical principles at this point. And we're leaning and there is a weakness in the body of Christ because of our divisions. Now, I don't have the answer to centuries of denominational division, but I do have a call to you and I here. One of the things I love about Salem Alliance is that we are a, we are a mix of people from many different denominations. And so my call to us is to be a person of unity in a culture of unity. See, unity is this thing that is corporate, right? But in order to have unity, every individual needs to be a person of unity, functioning in a way that that brings unity and enhances unity. It is fascinating to me that every passage that talks about these spiritual gifts also talks about either before or after or woven in love and unity. 1 Corinthians 12, where we've been reading, is followed by 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Love is patient, love is kind. How do we practice these spiritual gifts? With love. Romans 12, where it gave the list that we read, talks about taking delight and honoring each other. 1 Peter 4, that has another list of these gifts, says love covers a multitude of sins. When we are functioning like a real team, like a real family, when we have disagreements and fights and arguments and we hold grudges and blame, it's love that covers over the multitude of those sins. It's a commitment to unity that enables us to stay together and to continue to move forward as a team who by ourselves have certain powers but together can defeat enemies greater than ourselves because we're walking in unity. Look at how Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter four. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We want to be a person of unity so that we are part of a team where the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. When it all comes together, We see this around us at work regularly in formal ways and informal ways. So here and the programs that we have at Salem Alliance, there are staff teams like the Life Path team who's helping people walk through recovery or the preschool ministries who are caring for our children week after week after week or the outreach department who's helping us wrap our minds around how do we pursue this vision of a city at peace with God? How do we engage with people outside these walls? And I could go on and on and on with the super teams that are at work around here using the super divine gifts that God has given us to do the part that he's given us to do. Or maybe it's volunteer groups like the community groups who have taken and, and, and adopted a refugee family and helped them get settled in Salem. Or like the teams that help events happen 
Or maybe it's not even a program here at Salem Alliance. It's a group of family and friends who walk alongside somebody who's going through adoption. There's a family recently from Salem Alliance, uh, Mike and Carrie Lovely. They uh, have three biological kids and they just adopted three from Costa Rica. They call themselves the Lovely Bunch because they now have three boys and three girls. They went from a family of five to a family of eight. And they have had an army of friends and family rise up around them, helping them find a vehicle that can take their family, bringing meals, contributing financially, praying for them, giving date days for the kids, giving date times for the parents. Everybody using what they have to offer to help this family rescue and redeem and bring family to three kids who didn't have family. Or maybe it's an individual serving in her giftedness to bless and allow another to serve in her giftedness. See, many of you know that um, in our daughter's first few years, she had several health issues. Uh, so for about the first three years, Abigail and I would go up to the Portland uh, one or two times a week, um, often. It was, we were pretty busy and I had the boys who were toddlers. And what you might not know is at that same time, I had just started a volunteer role here, co-leading a ministry that we call Hearts at Home to Young Moms. And as life just got busier and busier and busier, there was a woman with the gift of service who stepped up and said, can I help and a couple times I said no because I didn't know how to receive help. And the third time she said, I have Friday off, I'll be at your house at nine. <laughs> I said, okay. And as she used her gift, her divinely empowered gift, to do my laundry and my dishes and take my kids for date days, I was able to continue using my gift of teaching and leading and being a part of the Bible study for young moms. This is the body of Christ at its best. See, this is God's plan. He gives us spiritual superpowers and to be a part of a super team to use our strength to bless others and advance his kingdom, to share his grace and his truth with all people. Can you imagine being a part of a team like this where there's ownership because you have something to give and there's acceptance because every gift is valued and honored and there's purpose because there's something that you specifically can contribute and there's power because we're empowered by God. There's nothing like it. There is nothing like being a part of a team using the gifts God has given me in order to bring about the kingdom that he wants to bring. Friends, we need to get this because I think I think part of the reason that the church is losing younger generations is because we haven't gotten this. I think in part, some of us want to think, well, the entertainment culture is, is wooing our kids away. And I want to say, I don't think that's true. I think the pull of the entertainment culture is that we want to be a protagonist somewhere. We want to know that we have the strength to impact something that matters. And so if I don't have that in reality, then I'm gonna find that in a video game where I have strength and tools and powers and I can conquer the levels that I wanna conquer. Or I'm gonna find it in a movie where somebody else has it and I can watch and vicariously experience that. Friends, we have the power. God has given us the power to give the next generation the real thing here. Will we give our young people ownership? Will we help them discover what God has created them to do? Will we build a platform where they can fly? Will we re-engage with our own giftedness? Will we quit comparing our gifts with others and say, I know that I have something to offer and I will offer it for the kingdom of God because without me, there is something in this body that isn't functioning right. Young people, hear me. 
That teacher held me by the shoulders and she looked me in the eye and she gave me a gift. She said, this is what you were created for. And she said, you have something to give that the body of Christ needs. And what I want to say to you today, even if I don't know you, is that you have something to give that the body of Christ needs. And if you go to college and you find a place to give that in social justice or in, in, in the environmental world or in the political world and you think that is separate from church, you are wrong. That is the heart of God beating in you. And if you're not finding it at the church that you're attending, then find a church where you recognize the heart of God beating in the heart that he put in you because you have something to offer that the kingdom needs. You have something to offer that the kingdom needs. How do we live out the call of God to use our spiritual superpowers as a super team? We've talked about several of these, so let's just run through them. The first one is we need to know our superpower. Friends, if you don't think you have something to offer, start asking other people, what do you see in me? Start paying attention to what passions have risen up in you. Start paying attention to which things catch your attention in the community and in the world and in the church and begin to take some steps to invest in those. We need to walk in confident humility. We reject insecurity and we reject pride. And we walk with confidence that says God has given me something that is needed and it is not any better or any worse than what he's given somebody else. And we need to be a person of unity, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit within the communities that we are a part of, valuing each other, accepting each other, even when we're different. Friends, there are times when... A spiritual gift with passion going this direction feels like a spiritual gift with passion going this direction is in opposition, but they're not. We're on the same team. We've got to learn how to love and be people of unity in the midst of pursuing different passions, recognizing and celebrating that all are needed. And the final one that I want to say today is we need to choose forgiveness because over the years, as some of you and some of us have walked this road, we have been hurt. We have been hurt by leaders. We have been hurt by churches. We have been hurt by denominations. And friends, church wounds and Christian to Christian wounds are some of the most painful and some of the most difficult to recover from. And yet we will not be able to be a vibrant part of a body that is healthy and growing if we are holding on to bitterness and resentment. And so we need to choose forgiveness and allow the Holy Spirit of the living God to heal those wounds and hurts and to show us and give us the grace to trust again so that we can bring what we have to offer to the body that we are a part of. We need to choose forgiveness. See, on our own, individually, even with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there are enemies that are greater than us. There are things that we cannot conquer, but as a super team, as the church, as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ, well, let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. You have an individual divinely given spiritual superpower that you can bring to a divinely empowered spiritual team, super team, and the gates of hell will not conquer it. We have what the world needs. Let's step out in it. Would you stand and pray with me? God, we are your people. We are humbled by the gifts that you have given us, 
by the calling that you have laid on our life, both individual and corporately. God, we wanna be people who walk in unity with the community that you have given us, that we might be a part of this team that is your church. God, we wanna be a part of sharing your grace and truth with all people, of helping Salem be a city at peace with God. Lord, there are things that we long for and we know we can only do them by your power. And so God, would you show us how you've wired us? Would you give us the confidence to walk in that humbly? And would you allow us to answer the call that you've placed on our life? In your name, amen. If you came today and you have a prayer request, you'd like someone to pray with you, there'd be someone over here who would love to pray with you. If you came today and you don't know what it means to be a Christ follower or, or to have started a relationship with Jesus, there would be someone who would meet you at the cross who would really enjoy talking with you about what that means. Receive this as your benediction from 1 Peter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Go in peace. Salem Alliance Church is a community of Jesus followers located in downtown Salem, Oregon. And we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. If you have a request that we could pray for, please email us at prayers at salemalliance.org. You can view today's entire service online at livestream.com backslash Salem Alliance.